We're here. We're here. Episode 78. 78. I got a new haircut. You did. You're looking sharp. Dude, it's too hot for long hair, man. It is. It really is. I'm just going through photos uh, of this past yesterday from uh, my little trip to Billy's. Oh, yeah. And we can get into that before we get into Dorothy Lapis's school for kids who can't read good. I like that. I like that name. That's good. Hey, man, there's no uh, I'm not seeing any comments. Are we live? We are. Oh, hey, right. there he is. What's up? Do you ever think there's no comments because no one wants to talk to us? It just started. Now that it did Billy's just here. start. It yeah, now, there we go. Now we go. There we go. What's well, up, we don't. Well, there's no one here yet because we didn't do the usual like five minute pre roll. Mm, okay. Didn't have time. Um, I gotcha. I gotcha. You know. No, there's the the regular suspects, the usual suspects. Yes, Jason, we know. Thank you. <laughs> Very subtle. Yeah. So, what are we smoking upon? Firstly, this show is brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Gendra are great people. Gendra. I think I love it. It sounds like a Godzilla character. It does. Godzilla like versus does, Kendra. Yeah. And we're joined by, by Billy Hunt right down here. The, the human robot, as we refer to him. Nobody calls me that. He feels no pain. <laughs> he feels no pain. No pain. He feels no pain. I got, I'm Russian somehow. I got a bunch of books. So we'll get into that momentarily. Yeah. Uh, Billy, are you running an aquatic bubbler in the background? No. You guys hear that? Stand by. Trying to run a professional operation here. I know, I know. This is a very sluggish start, but I like it. It's only. I'm so tired. You don't look tired. You look handsome as hell. Believe me, I'm... Got a nice haircut, got a beard trim. Looking I didn't get a beard spiffy. trim. That's you what didn't? happens when you shave your head. It makes your beard oh, look better. Nice, nice. Very nice. Much better, Billy. What are you smoking okay. upon? Tonight we're going with Old Faithful. Liga Privada number nine. I haven't had one in like, I realized I haven't had one in like two months. And I was like, oh, I, I, well, I don't know why that is. But I'm almost done being sick, contrary to how I sound. So uh, hopefully I can actually taste my stick tonight. Andy Middleton, Miguel, Dallas, yeah. Rua. Or the That's Rua. about everybody's here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole um, gang. So we just got in today the Mildeus uh, Limited Edition 2021. A nice seven one eighth by like fifty by forty nine. So nice. The blend's the same, just a just a special limited size. They only did three thousand boxes of these bad boys. Um, 
So there's actually only 30,000 of these cigars, which doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but that's not a lot of cigars. So Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy this blend, so I'm actually to try it in this size. And, uh, yep. I might have to get some coffee or something because I am. Running on fumes? I'm struggling. Running on fumes. Well, Billy I and I can a, hold down the fort if you got to go I, grab a cup I, of Joe. I bought a bang earlier, right? And I'm sitting at work, and I was like, oh, man, I should drink it. I'm tired. I drank it, and here I am, like four hours later, tired. So it's going to be a short one is what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> I'm just going to sleep real good. Oh, that sucks, so Bill. So I can wake up super uh, super early and get some snakes packed up to be shipped out. So Nice. What are we, ship- what are we shipping? Cyania. Oh, are you at liberty to say where they're going or no? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. We know where they're going. You, yeah, you know. So. Counting down the days till Texas, man. Yeah, man. Two weeks, man. Two weeks. It's crazy. My damn snakes are going to hatch while we're gone. It's all right. They're in good hands. Like a good neighbor, your dad is there. No help is here. I don't know. I'm gonna get them all, like get all the the racks set up and everything before beforehand, so that they they can just be put in there, and then I'll come home and label, you know, give them all a number, whatever, all that good stuff. So, uh, yes, I am excited for Daytona. There's still much that needs to be done beforehand, I believe. There is. Uh, we got it. It'll be here before we know it. We're going to make it happen. Bourbon and ginger ale is actually pretty pretty damn good. That's my go-to if I'm mixing. That's it. That'll get me, uh, get me going for the night. I believe they call that a Cosmo. I don't think. No. Do they? I don't know. How was your venture up to the hunt compound there, Philium? It is. It was magical as always. Uh, this time, uh, the lady friend, girlfriend, whatever you want to call her, joined us, which was wonderful. And uh, it's funny because she loves going herping as much as all of us do. And this is this whole reptile world is new to her. And uh, and we, we go root cruising pretty frequently. I mean, I'd say at least once a week. And uh, it's funny because I was telling her, like, I went to pick her up because her house is on the way to Billy's. And uh, I was, I got to her house and we're, you know, she was getting her purse and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is our first like road trip, you know, it's like our first road trip. And she looks at me and she's like, really? Because didn't we do like 400 miles like three days ago? And like, I thought about it and I was like, you know, we, we did do like 400 miles, like, you don't realize that when you're road cruising for like five hours, like it's the same. It's still five hours in the car. You know, we just weren't necessarily going anywhere per se. We we're just doing like laps and circles of areas. So 
it really wasn't our first quote unquote road trip. It was our first time going somewhere, which I thought was cool. And it was, uh, it was different. It was different. Yeah, yeah it was, it was different we, had, we had a we had a legitimate destination opposed to just driving around aimlessly on dirt roads for hours. You know, um, but yeah, she loved it. She got a great kick out of it. Billy and Anita are wonderful hosts as always, and uh, it was it was cool for me because uh, my girlfriend, her name's Anna Maria. She had never experienced a lot of unique animals and. Billy has some stuff that's just breathtakingly gorgeous at the same time, rather rare, rather unique, you know? And I told her, I was like, man, there's some people that, you know, there's some of the snakes that she was holding. There's people that have never seen this stuff in person. And like, you get to play with it right now, you know, which I thought, and she got a huge kick out of it. She absolutely loved it. So, um, so that was, it was a good time. And uh, Billy, am I allowed to talk about what I took home? Absolutely. So I got my first ever pair of captive bred, Nova Guinea locality carpet pythons produced by the one and only Mr. Billy Hunt. Yeah, you got some nice ones. You got some real nice ones. I am absolutely stoked and enamored and doing everything in my power to not be a helicopter mom. I uh, I set them up last night and they're just they're just adorable, man. I have pictures. I'm actually the whole start of the show. I've been looking at my phone. I've been going through photos because I didn't go through and like delete the blurry ones. But I must have took like 500 photos of your house yesterday. Um, you took you a know, couple. Yeah, I took a couple. Um, between like uh, you know the the rhino rats and the, the carpets and uh, the pasilinota and just I I am I am annoyed because I thought I had a picture of the Taiwan. And uh, I, I didn't. I, I fucked up, and I didn't get a picture of the Taiwan. So, but I got a picture of the Maclot eggs and the inside yeah. of a Maclot egg, which I'll show you guys in in a moment. Oh, I figured that's what that was. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going through the photos now, so I can, so I don't have to scroll through 500 photos on air. Um, but yeah, it was a, a magical experience as always. And uh, Billy and Anita are awesome. Funny thing, uh, Anita actually got on me today. She was like, you should have taken it a little easy on Anna Maria. She was like, that was a lot to throw at her, you know? And uh, but she did good. She <laughs> stuck in there and listened to me ramble for, oh, man. I just, when I get, when I'm in the room and somebody's willing to listen to me, it's uh, it's pretty dangerous. But she sat there and was listening. And when she was holding your Nova, she sat there for like 20 minutes and just stared at it. You know, like the look we all get when we see something we really like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, she. And what's funny is after we must have given her 15, 20 snakes to, to hold while we were talking and BSing. And then, like, I think we went out back to grab a beer or something, you know, refill drinks. And we come back up to the room. And I I don't know if it was me or you, Billy, but somebody asked her, like, what, so what's your favorite so far? And she's like, I, I don't I don't know. Just. I just, I just don't know. Just so many cool animals. And then Billy busted out the baby Novas when we started like looking at them and, you know, Billy was kind enough to let me cherry pick stuff and she's holding, I think she's holding two of them at the same time. And she's just staring at the one in her left hand. And then she's, I don't know if I asked her or she, or she said it, but she's like, I think this one's my favorite. Like, just like leering at it. Like that look that we all get, you know? And yeah. it was just super yeah. cool to see that. Like, and I don't know if that's the first time for her, but like, it was cool seeing that 
you know, that interaction from an outside point of view, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I was telling you, I've had people in the past tell me that, uh, I'll look at the snakes, you know, more adoring than I do, you know, other people. <laughs> so that's, it's funny to see it on yeah. the other side. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, Mike, awesome. Mike, I don't, I don't breed rhino rats yet. Um, I just got a pair. They're coming up on two years. So at a couple seasons, I'll, uh, I'll give it a crack and see what happens. Hopefully they do. I got my female, uh, Phil can tell you is developing a lot of blue that, uh, I wasn't expecting. So yeah, very happy about that. A a lot of blue. And like, and you know that, as she matures and especially imagine when she goes hormonal, Oh my God, it's going to be crazy. You know, but that, that is such a cool thing to see. Cause when was the last time I saw that snake? Six months, maybe not even Well, February. It was February. Was it February? Yeah. It was the get together. It was February. The super secret get together. Okay. So yeah. So, the amount of blue in three or four months that pops out. Yeah. I mean, had, had the animal shed since then or no? Yeah, I actually, I cleaned her um, a day or two before you guys got here. And when I took her out, I was taking them back. I was like, holy crap, where'd the snake come from? Because I remember going to Rob's place and he was casually pulling out neon blue rhinos. And I'm like, dude, what the hell? And now this one's turned into that. I'm like, okay, might be working with something here. but. That's awesome. Yes. So, sorry, Smitty. Should probably not talk about the rhinos too much with Smitty. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He's, yeah. Too soon. It's too soon. Yeah. Now, what's funny is Andy Milton just commented, do rhino rats get hormonal blue like chondros? I always thought they did. I thought them and Bear and I do, but maybe I just put I, my foot in my mouth. I can't say for sure. Um, I, I don't think it's as drastic because the ones I saw at uh, Rob's place were pretty freaking blue and they weren't breeding or anything. Okay. And they're males, females, all that. So, Yeah, Mike, they're awesome. I, I'll get more as well. They're, uh, I'm kicking myself for not getting them earlier and having a big army of them right now. But ha- we have them now, so... Justin, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> You'll be on the list. How about that? You're on the list. Ooh, I'll get rhinos sometime in the next ten years, guys. Look, man, Billy. <laughs> Billy told me I was in the list for Novas, and I was like, "All right, cool." And then, wham! Now I have them. Boom! Magical, magical. Oh, so, we got to talk, Andy. Yeah, definitely got to talk, man. Yeah, Andy got the uh, the subhawk bug, too. So Did he now? Oh, I didn't mention that. So, <laughs> apparently, apparently, so me and Anna Maria are driving to Billy's, and somewhere around Yeehaw Junction, maybe the Lake Wales area, middle of Florida, all of a sudden, she bursts out laughing, and we're in the car, and I was like, what's so funny? And she found a TikTok of apparently it it's a it's a transpecos rat named linguini and it's this rat snakes page 
And every single time the rat snake flicks its tongue, it goes like every time. And it's 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 hilarious. It really is. But now is, she, yeah. she has the Subak bug. So I showed her, you know, the Dusty Rhodes book, and I told her about our guests this week, correct? Yes. I am yes. I'm so excited. I'm, I, I got to get an outline together. So now uh, I also <laughs> have been on the Subak hunt. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go full, you know, balls out on them, but I'll at least try and find her one just as a pet and kind of go from there. I'm sure she'll get the bug too, just as we all do. And uh, yeah, that's that. So yeah, you can definitely find a male. Know that? Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Good luck finding a female. Well, we are going to be in West Texas in two weeks. Yeah, but even then, most of the ones that people find cruising, they're males. People very rarely find females. Look, I just know that we're going to have a wonderful trip. And on the last night of the trip, we're going to be getting back to the, you know, Airbnb or wherever we're staying. And you're going to take your shoes off. And the next morning, the snake gods will have blessed us with a baby female subox. Scorpion in our shoes. With a, a bless us with a, a baby female subox in our loafer. That's what's gonna happen. I could feel it in my bones. Texas coral. That would be awesome. or something. Dude, uh, dude, everything we just named, I'll take. I'll take that. Texas bark, Aatrox. Well, maybe not the Aatrox. We can leave that behind. Coral. I'm game. I'm in. Leopard lizards. Hundred percent. I always thought those were cool. I love leopard lizards. They're so cool, man. So cool. What the hell is a leopard yeah. lizard? It's a desert lizard with a long tail. They're tan and taupe colored with bright neon orange spots. And they're insectivorous. Insectivore? Insectivorous? Insectivores. Insectivores. They are they're reminiscent of I guess collared lizards would be a, a good Yeah, they're they're cousins of collared, collared lizards, yeah. Yeah, but they're uh, like longer tails and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't of, know if we'll be doing yeah. a episode from Texas or not, because I have a feeling we're going to be out late and we're going to be sleeping most of the day. Yeah, I I feel like I'm not going to be able to hang, man. It'll be like eleven o'clock and I'll be in the back seat just sleeping like an old man. You better make yeah. it work. Yes, Andy. Yeah, if they find those, that'd be awesome. Find some of those, Phil. Oh, Stenocolis. Jesus. Dude, could you imagine just like walking out to your car one morning? It's like a hot morning. All of a sudden, there's just this bright neon green snake poking out the rim of your tire. Like, that would just be awesome. After seeing uh, seeing those at Rob's place, they're definitely on the short list. Those are cool snakes. You know what really they- got? What were you going to say? No, they're like they feel different when you hold them. They feel different from other rat snakes. You know, it doesn't feel really? like a corn or a, you know, a yellow rat or something like that. That like their heads are super longer and the heads almost look like the uh, baby olive pythons. You know, like with how skinny and long it is. Right, right. And it's they feel different. You have to hold them to, to really get it. They're cool snakes. Yeah, very cool. The um the one that got me like recently was. 
I don't know if you guys remember, but I don't know if it was last year or year before, there was a flight in, I don't know if it was coming out of Mexico City or going to Mexico City, but there was like a four foot or five foot um, uh, stenocolis like up in the uh, carry on compartment on the airplane. And like the mm-hmm. thing was like cruising up around like the rafters of the plane and people were like freaking out midair. Like, how great would that be? Could you imagine if one of us was on that? Be like, don't worry, guys, don't worry. Just walk over, grab it, roll it a ball, like bag. just stuff it in the pocket of your hoodie and just keep on flying. It'd be mass <laughs> chaos. Uh, it'd be mass chaos, man. Well, no, like, an opportunity to do a really good little there. Jackson impression. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Last time Phil said I feel it on my bones. All we found was anxiety from Casey nearly falling into a moat. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Clayton asked, "What part of Texas are we going to? We will be nomadic in the Southwest region." I I need to look at the itinerary again because I think my mom was asking me where we were going, and I was like, "Texas." Yeah, we're actually going to be. It's going to be. And there was a mountain murder me, and I wouldn't know it. I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you where I was going. Um, it is extreme southwest Texas. We're going to be uh, in a little bit of the Big Bend area, but we're basically going to hit up, I think, five or six uh, like wildlife areas and be in, I think, five or six different towns. So uh, it'll be fun. I'm excited. It'll be awesome. Uh, I guess since you guys are, are talking about your Texas trip, uh, me and Casey are going on a trip too uh, next month. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's hear it. Yeah, we're going to uh, – I'm trying to look it up real quick so I don't butcher the name. There's a, a show, uh, NRBC in uh, Illinois. Oh, yeah, yeah. Short, I don't, something Berg. I can't say – I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Uh, but if anybody's going to be at that, you know, I mean, in case it'd be hanging out at least Saturday. Awesome. The you guys, show? Schaumburg? Schaumburg, I guess. Are you guys like shopping for anything specific? You guys just going to go? Casey hit me up and was like, hey, you, you want to go? I was like, sure. <laughs> Let's go. What? Why not? It's a. Uh, I like how Casey referred to it. It's Tinley's not really Tinley. <laughs> that makes sense. So I got you. So it's the same the same characters. Schomburg. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. The uh, the same characters from Tinley, but it's not Tinley. Yes. A little smaller. Okay. The not cool. Tinley Tinley show. Yeah. So I would say it's always nice to go to, to shows in different regions because I mean, nothing against the shows here, but like even Daytona, it's usually mostly the same people I see at all the the local Repticons here and then, you know, a couple more other guys. So um, it's always nice to see what the, the other guys in the country are doing. Rin Tin Tinley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all have stuff coming up recently or uh, coming up soon. Yeah, man, most definitely. Forgive me for uh, not being more interactive. I'm just getting these pictures so I can throw them up there for you guys. Yeah, we want to see them. Yeah, start putting stuff up, man. I, I am. Have... I, I got to go through them all. It's crazy. 
Just throw something up. I'll be good. Six books to talk about this eve. I have a lot, and I also have a non-reptile book if we have time. I, I too have a non-reptile book. Ooh, okay. Could be our miscellaneous pick. I did, I didn't pick a non-reptile. Actually, I mean, well, one of them is not about a reptile per se, but it is reptile related. So here, I'm going to, I'm just about done. So before we get into the books, let me just send these to myself and, uh, and we can do show and tell real quick. <clears throat> yeah, that you, female's killer, man. That with Nova, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm I'm stoked, man, like absolutely stoked. I took so many pictures of the Jack Pondro. <laughs> yeah, a couple. Yeah, I took a couple. You know what was funny? I was very surprised because I was nervous, especially when uh, Anna Maria was holding the Carpondro. Yeah, she didn't get nailed by anything, man. I thought for sure she was going to get something. That Carpondra was making me a little nervous. I was like, oh, that'd be a bad first one. <laughs> and no. Nah. Yeah, she got well, like So she had, she had worked with snakes, you know, or at least dabbled with some snakes before meeting me. And she kind of had the gist of it. And then there was one yeah. night, um, I don't, I think it was, I was cleaning corn snakes or something. And it was one of those things where it's like, here, hold this while I clean it, you know. And it, yeah. the cord snakes started to do the, you know, bass out of water kind of thing. And yeah. uh, I was like, look, just give them, you know, we, I call it the treadmill. What, Billy, what did you call it? Uh, just walk them. Just walk them, right. So just so same thing. The, the, walking the snake in through your hands. And I think once she realized that concept, it was like, it was, it was downhill from there. You know, she just knew. She could just feel it out. And mm -hmm. every single animal that I've let her work with, has been super chill. And I think it's because she herself is super chill and she's very relaxed when doing it, despite whatever may be going on in her head. But she, mm -hmm. uh, dude, she, she held them all awesome. You know, yeah, I'm, really, well, I mean, I'm really happy. I definitely, I definitely could have put a psycho in her hands. If, <laughs> if yeah, I well, was me. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to like put the Ridley eye around her neck or anything. Mm-hmm. You'll see some in a second, Billy. He's got some. I have to. Uh, I have to modify the photos because if I try and put, uh, you know, the iPhone takes those live pictures where it's like a microscopic video. If I try and put that up, the uh, algorithm or whatever that does for Streamyard, it, it won't let me show the pictures. So I have to basically send them to myself and then open them that way. Um, okay. Well, you want Billy to show what his non-snake book is while you do that? Yeah, give me... Yeah, let's do that. Okay, Billy, you want me to start? Yeah, start the non-snake book. Better okay. be a Harry Potter book. Absolutely not. Those are too big. Can't <laughs> read those. There's no pictures. Uh, yeah, there's no pictures. This one has pictures. Uh, so... You guys know that uh, the past year or so, I've been on a carnivorous plant kick. Oh, yeah. Um, so, naturally, I got what they refer to as the Bible for carnivorous plants. Uh, 
the Savage Garden. Savage Garden. Very cool. Oh, this that is this a crazy goes photo. Into, Look at that yeah. roach being sacrificed. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so this book goes into everything from uh, Nepenthes to Flytraps, Saracenia, um, you name it. They've got uh, everything, how to take care of them, the soils that you can use, how you can, uh, you know, the different mixes for different plants. And it basically breaks down every single carnivorous plant you can get your hands on. Uh, I, I learned a lot from it. Uh, I, before I got into carnivorous plants, I assumed they were more difficult than, you know, house plants. There's a little more to it, but it's once you get the gist of it, it's not that bad. Uh, I have a couple um, common mass-produced uh, cultivars of Nepenthes that is doing great in my greenhouse. Uh, I have some fly traps. I'm still trying to figure out the bog uh, way of doing things. I think I prefer the Nepenthes and you know just having them in sphagnum and. Uh, lot of drainage and humidity and stuff which usually isn't an issue here in florida anyway but uh yeah if you guys are interested in anything carnivorous plant wise uh the savage garden is it's the book to get you get this you can see it's you know it's pretty thick i think it's over 350 pages uh it's uh it has everything. Uh, I'm I'm in the intermediate phase, Henry. Uh, my greenhouse isn't like uh, you know climate controlled or anything like that. Uh, so like I have uh, Ventricosa and uh, Nepenthes Miranda right now, which are two very common mass produced uh, cultivars that are out there. Uh, but I want to eventually morph into getting a specific species. Like I want to get Fusca, uh, VTI, um, Truncata, stuff like that. Uh, just because they're so cool. And I, once I learned the process of um, like how the, the plants are male or female and how to pollinate and then, you know, harvest the seeds, sow them, how long it takes, you know, it takes them a year to get an inch tall and then, you know, uh, it's just a really cool process. So if there's uh, anybody that's interested in them, this is the, uh, the book to get. Um, Steven, yes, there's, there's two types of pitcher plants. Um, there's in the Pentes that are the tropical pitcher plants that are vines, which I'll find a picture real quick. Try to find a decent one. So like, do you also sacrifice guys, bugs to them? Like the people on the cover? Uh, you don't have to, and we live in the southeast, so there's bugs everywhere. So there's those types that are the tropical pitchers, Stephen, and then there's North American pitchers as well. There's ones that are uh, native to here in Florida, which are here. They look like this. So they're, they're your more bog plants, so you're going to keep them like you would keep a Venus flytrap. Uh, yeah, so you had uh, a Nepenthes, you had the tropical pitcher plant, Stephen. So, yeah, they're uh, they're really fun plants. You don't have to feed them anything; they catch plenty of stuff. I've trimmed pitchers that have dead, have died, and uh, they 
are full of, you know, bees and wasp and stuff like that. So that's my non-snake book. All right. So this is one I've actually talked about previously. It's really cool seeing everybody. Yeah. What? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm yapping. Oh. Uh, so I like Andy Middleton is also familiar with this book, but <laughs> Spillover by David Quammen. It is uh, Animal Infections in the Next Human Pandemic. So it talks about the zoonotic diseases. It has some like sort of case study deals on, on different outbreaks over the course of the last you know, 40 or 50 years. And uh, it's a really good book. I actually kind of want to read it again. But very much worth getting. It's very interesting. It's very relevant, especially considering what we've been dealing with lately. So, yeah, Spillover by David Quammen. It's got a pretty fallen picture of a uh, really pissed off baboon of some sort, I think. Yeah, it doesn't look nice. Yeah. And it's New York Times bestseller, which every book ever made is, so... Like that, that title is nothing anymore. No, it doesn't. Every book guy has that title, man. It's like they sell five copies and they're like bestseller. And I, I don't have one book that says that. Magic card is my bookmark. Murphy. It's got to be a holographic Pokemon card. Then you'd be real there's cool. Actually, there's, there's a holographic the one in the other book I'm reading right now. But it's cool because I actually emailed the author of this because this book got me so hyped to to read and learn more about viruses and stuff that I I uh, I emailed him and was like, so I've always been like a herpetology guy, but this book has really piqued my interest in in these things. So, oh okay, I'm sorry, Ryan Cox. It's called a mandrill. Rafiki from the Lion King. Great, <laughs> perfect. Ryan's pretty lippy tonight over there in the comments. He is, you know, he's yeah. he's getting awfully snarky. When, when is when is he not lippy? This is true. <laughs> he Fair works enough. all day, he gets angry, and he takes his frustrations out on us. It's a mandrill. <laughs> oh man. All right. I just so picture him like throwing the chewy boxes from the truck to the porch, <laughs> not even getting out of the truck and just throwing them in the yard. I don't give a fuck about your cat. Well, there it is. There it is, dude. And, all right. So mm. all these photos, forgive me. They're not. They're not doctored. There's no photoshopping. They're just straight what? cell phone pictures. And uh, I don't doctor any of my pictures. Yeah. But the um. I mean, don't get me. Get. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll, I'll mess with the, the white balance a little bit just because you know fluorescent lighting or, or incandescent bulbs in your bedroom don't always cast things in the correct light. But uh, luckily, Billy has really, really nice lighting in his room. So there's one of them. Oh, and the dude, that, that animal is just phenomenal. You know? And uh, same animal. I had to throw this one up because you get some iridescence in it. And like, yeah, I know the face is blurry, but I thought it was pretty good mm -hmm. for a cell phone picture. So now... Give us the background on this one. That's Billy in the background. No. <laughs> yeah. 
that, that that's that's me, Philip. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, like what it what it is and what like the parents were and stuff. Yeah. So, um, it was a, a coastal jag male bred to a um, I don't a mystery green tree female. Um, she was sold to me as a sorong. Uh, everyone that sees her, you know, gives me crap and says that's a biak. I bred her to another quote unquote sorong, and she produced yellow babies. So who knows? Uh, but she's a cool green tree. Used her for the the hybrid project. Um, the snake's actually a lot bigger than it looks. Well, that snake could probably take what small rats. Yeah, I would say to definitely it, it could take a medium, but it would be a big meal. Yeah, so they should be bigger. They're 2018s, but I I was gun shy uh, like the first year, year and a half because uh, of my experience with green tree babies. And these guys, eating wise and handling meals and stuff, they act like carpets. So once I figured that out, they uh, started putting on some size. So. Yeah, what's that? Do you have any of the Jag or no? No, no, they're all blurry and crappy. Uh, okay. I have the albino Jag. I think it's like one of the last photos, so I'll show that. Okay. Uh, that is the female Pacillinotus, or Neotropical Bird Eating Snake. Uh, surprisingly chill. Uh, like you think these guys would be crazy. Cause like when you look up pictures of them on Google and in the wild and stuff, they're always in a defensive posture. They're all always gaping, always like that. And unless there's food around, I mean, yeah, she, this one, when she was, uh, when Anna Maria was holding her, like, you know, flattened her head was doing the slow tongue flicks and all that, but didn't, besides that, didn't show any defensive behavior. Didn't take a go at anybody. I'll be honest, yeah. I was waiting when she was holding it and like that you were explaining how like the jaw moves to the side and I was like, oh, this thing is going to gape and she's going to be like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> I, was, I was really waiting for it, but it, it didn't happen, man. The thing was cool. Yeah, she, unless um, there's food, she doesn't do anything. So, And uh, Anna Marie is probably going to hate me for this next photo, but I have to put it because I thought it was just a great photo. Like <laughs> tongue, tongue and everything. I was trying. You see the orange. You see the yeah. orange coming in on the on the back end. Yeah. This is just me being artsy. Abstract. So, yes, abstract. There she is. There so it is. That's the that's the female. And, yeah. Uh, dude, like, I love tan snakes. Tan, taupe, khaki, earth tones. And like this snake just does it, man. Like a little bit of figure eights, nice bands, like ugh, just just awesome. Yeah, the back half of that animal is like straight solid bands all the way down to the tail. Dude, that's a good cool. one. That's the male. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually surprised Billy let this one go just because like it's not a stripe. Everything is just connected, just the whole way down. Well, you saw the ones I was keeping. I can't I know, keep yeah, all of yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, 
And uh, I thought that was that's a good picture because that shows both of them. And I, I do like that he, he's a little darker than her, and his head's a little his head pattern has more of a Y to it opposed to the X. Yeah. But dude, I'm so yeah, happy. A good pair, man. So happy. And uh, this is father and son. Yeah. I thought that would that picture, which is great. Well, this is a that's a good thing too to show how big my males are because that's the bigger of the two males that I have. Uh, they don't have to be huge, you know. Just because they can get six, seven feet doesn't mean they have to get six, seven feet. Yeah, you know that yeah. snake is completely healthy. You see, he's got that mature Morelia head, uh, good body tone. He's not overly fat. You know, that's yeah. that's exactly what you want. So. He's got a, a defined neck, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I thought that was a good shot, too. Just <laughs> getting both of them in focus. I mean, this was like 30, 40 pictures to just get to get this one. <laughs> but, dude. He's got, he's got like a flying squirrel for a, uh, a headstand. He does. Say it looks like the Blair Witch Project and or a turtle. Yeah, like a, a soft shell turtle stretching his neck out. Yeah, that too. Or snake neck. Yeah. yeah, snake neck. Yeah. I don't know. It's, honestly, the more I look at it, it's probably more flying squirrel. You see both. Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to regret letting go of this one. I'm already, <laughs> I'm already <laughs> seeing it. <laughs> and, dude, the more I look at it, like it has a very if it has a very pronounced dumeral boa feel to it, right? Yeah. Like it just it gives that that Dumeril boa brown contrast. I like it. Clearly, I like the male a lot. <laughs> so, but it's cool oh, too. Um, before you go, go to the next one. So, one thing I've always liked about jags is how their pattern will make like letters, you know, within it. Uh, Right. When I first started my initial, uh, one of the write-ups for one of my initial logos was a snake and then Uwabami would be written on the side of the snake and it would be like part of the pattern because, you know, we saw snakes that had that, you know, with the Jags that had the X's and H's and all that kind of stuff. The Novas have that too because some of them look like Jags, but you don't have the neuro going on and, and all that stuff. So it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to uh, add these two pictures. The uh, so here we go. This is this one. This one. Sorry, they're big photos. They got to load. Here is the macklet, the macklet eggs. Finally, someone pronounces it right. <laughs> no, we say, we say it ironically now. Smitty. Yeah, it's literally to make fun of you. <laughs> Messed up, man. So, yeah, so. <laughs> I was I was very impressed by just the sheer bone white of the eggs. Like as many yeah. eggs as you've seen over the years, like their eggs are just very very white. And Billy was telling me, correct me if I'm wrong, that these dimpling and ridges were at time of lay. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, so I I don't know. I had a couple clutches do that. Like I was telling you, that's why I added the sphag 
to the uh, front and back of most of the egg boxes and just toying around with different things, especially after my first clutch did what it did. Um, but actually, the the other clutch um, that we looked at, one baby's out and all of them are like doing the whole peekaboo thing. Hell so yeah, I'm dude. Thinking, Hell yeah. I'm hoping by tomorrow they'll all be all be out. It never fails, man. You told me I was going to miss it by a day, you know? Yep, that's how it goes. So, but we'll see how the Maclots do because they're uh, they go a little longer. I I honestly thought they'd be good by now, but uh, that's uh, that's what I get for thinking, right? Especially with something I've never produced before. Yeah, how dare uh, you assume? Yeah, right. That's what I get. Uh, Brandon, all my stuff for now is uh, Timor locality. So there's a couple Roddy Island animals floating around. Uh, but besides that, it's all Timor that's in the hobby anymore. And you were telling me that the this pink coloration, that's not the animal's belly. That's the that's the whole snake, right? Yeah, well the that's that's basically like looking at their side right there. Okay. Uh, so they'll be really faded. They come out to my understanding, looking like uh, olive pythons, you know, not very patterned. Mm -hmm. And then after, you know, their first shed and a couple more sheds, and they'll start to get that freckling and and all that coming in. So. Super cool. Yeah, then, I'm, I'm so excited to see those guys pip out, man. I, uh, I'll be so happy when I got little angry Maclots running around everywhere. Yeah, man, it's gonna be awesome. And uh, last but not least, I believe this is another father and son. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So that's a that's an adult um, albino jag in the background. That's dad, and that is a baby albino jag that uh, Phil's holding there. I forget if that's the uh, actually that might be the caramel albino jag. Looking at the back end, uh, the bands and stuff. Yeah, I think that might be the caramel. Because I think I asked you specifically to see that one. Yeah, so that's that's a hold back just because it's only shed once. It hasn't eaten yet, and it already looks like that. So I can only imagine what it's going to turn into. So uh, really excited to see what what happens there because i wasn't intending on keeping any jag stuff but that's a, when you breed stuff like yeah you can say oh, i'll keep this i'll keep that but until you actually see them you can't really you know have a game plan because everything's going to change when you start seeing animals oh yeah awesome well that's all i got for this trip that's all i got that was that was worthy of being shown um i do however have a uh a video that was sent to me by our good buddy Jake Hansen down under. Uh, let me see if I can get it. Uh, he is constructing or did construct a new enclosure using the infamous Australian black soil for his Colette snakes. Um, and he was kind enough to yeah. send me a, a video. Uh, and now I'm wondering if I didn't save it correctly. Moment. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to have to. Let me see if I can steal it from Facebook real quick because I don't think I actually saved it correctly. And if I just go on Facebook, I can pull it up real quick if Facebook loads and doesn't hate me. Right, let's pause this. It's Facebook auto loads. I don't have the specifics as to the size of the enclosure. I don't have the specifics as to the uh, lighting um, or who, who made the enclosure. Obviously, it's in Australia because that's where Jake lives. Um, but I do know that you'll see there's two holes in the dirt. Those are underground burrows that Jake constructed. Um, and he did do the uh, the flooding of the enclosure so that the soil could then be baked so it would get the fissures and cracks. And uh, without further ado, here is his new Colette's enclosure. The grass is live. Um, he told me what kind it was. I forgot off the top of my head. Uh, he doesn't expect it to live too well in there simply because of the way he has it set up in terms of, you know, hydrating the grasses. But mm -hmm. even once the grass dies, it's still going to look awesome. So you can see That's where they're looking closer. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And uh, you can see where some of the moisture is still in the black soil. And uh, obviously the lighter colored is, is where it's drier. Uh, I know he said he's going to give it a couple more days before he actually introduces the animals. Uh, but it, it just looks awesome, man. It looks so cool. And uh, I told him he definitely needs to get in contact with that company I was talking about, petbackdrops.com. And uh, I told him, I was like, you know, take a picture of, you know, where they're living in the wild. Obviously, his are captive bred. And, uh, and get a backdrop on there, man, because I feel like that cage would look so much. It would The cage is amazing, but it would just give it that little extra something if it wasn't just a black background, you know? Super cool. Very impressive. And I, I love it that he's giving me, uh, you know, play-by-plays because I geek out on that shit hardcore. So. Absolutely. That's like a zoo-grade enclosure. Yeah, man. Looks great. Good for him. Yeah. So where are we at on the uh, the book club? Where, where are we going? Are we diving right into it? Do we want to cover anything else before we get started? Did Smitty ever get some kind of caffeine? No. <laughs> nice. Well, me and Smitty did our non non reptile book. So we Phil, did. if you want to start off the uh, the reptile books, yeah, let's uh, let me get into that. So. I was racking my brain if the last time we did this, I picked this book, and I don't think I did. I think it was a different book, but I do have a good handful of um, medical reptile stuff that I've kind of accumulated over the years. But this book is is one of the best out there. Um, everybody who knows me and knows books knows that I am a total freak for edition Chimera publications. Uh, the white covers the colored covers, the black covers. I love them all. Um, but my, well, my first pick for, for this episode is literally entitled Parasitology. You know, in Snakes, Lizards, and Chelonians, it is a husbandry guide. Uh, it is a white cover book, so it is way more science-y and not so, uh, so husbandry-like. But even though it says a husbandry's guide, it's still a white cover, so don't expect it to be your... Uh, 
weekend reader. It's more of a reference. Uh, it does cover a wide assortment of stuff, and it is fairly recent publication, 2008. So it's not like it's from you know the 80s or anything. Um, but it goes into everything, and it covers damn near everything. So it goes from you know ticks and mites uh, into internal parasites, nematodes, leeches. Uh, it gives you micro and macroscopic views. So if you are doing your own slides, your own fecals, what have you, you can kind of get an idea of what you're looking at. Um, it was written by two different doctors. So it's not written by some guy in his garage with a microscope. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, and then it also, it, it goes into different round world, round worms and fluke worms. Uh, and it can also show you symptoms. Uh, what to look for, you know, God forbid an animal passes and you have no idea of why it passed. For example, I really love this picture. This is a panther chameleon post-mortem with uh, roundworms under the skin. So you can actually see the roundworm under the skin. And like, I just oh, think wow. that even okay. if you're looking at, even if you're just looking through pictures and scanning it, it can give you an idea of, of, of really what you need to be looking for. You know, and it goes into... Uh, trematodes and the eggs and the life cycles, all of that. And of course it does tell you how to treat and, and what chemicals do what. And I think it's just, it's just a great book. Uh, I know it is, I don't think it's in print, but it's still available. Um, let me check the old, the good old Amazon real quick. And almost every single uh, edition Chimera publication can still be ordered from them in Germany. So if you're willing to pay the freight and wait, it usually takes about a month, if not maybe five, six weeks for the books to get from Europe to us. Um, there is a distributor, I believe, in London that takes care of North America. So even though you'd be buying it in euros and you'd be buying it from the German website, uh, it still will. I'm pretty sure it still ships from England. Parasitology Edition Chimera. Okay. Well, uh, clearly I was mistaken because there's only one on Amazon and they want $1,000. So they're out of their goddamn mind. Well, that settles that. Yeah, uh, the book is only about a half an inch thick. So, yeah, that's crazy. I feel bad about showing that off now. All right, so let me go to uh, let me go to Chimera, Edition Chimera's uh, website and see what they're charging for it. Because people get a little wonky on Amazon. Smitty, if you need to go get something, bro, go get something. Are you dying on us, Justin? Yeah. He's a zombie. All right. So let me find this book. No results. What? Oh, it's because I'm in German. That's why. Change language. Jackass. 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 All right. Do, 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 do. Parasites and apes? I don't think so. 
<clears throat> well, it is no, not man. on their website. Okay. I will keep digging for this so that people can actually buy this book and not pay $1,000 on Amazon. Why don't we go to uh, Justin so he has a reason to talk? I'm Justin. I like books. Poor <laughs> um, Smitty. And it's often that I find myself asking, what's wrong with my snake? So, I have another book that I've also been talking about a lot lately that I will get into at some point that is way more involved than this is. But if you're looking for like a quick reference uh, for common snake ailments, um, What's Wrong With My Snake by John Rossi and Roxanne Rossi uh, uh, is worth picking up. <clears throat> it's a pretty small book. It's only a hundred and I don't know, fifty pages. Uh, it's pretty cheap. Pretty sure you could find it on uh, this. The back says twenty four ninety nine, but I I'm pretty sure I got it for way cheaper than that. So, lemon drop bang is very good. I haven't had the sweet tea one yet. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, pneumonia, lung parasites, viral infections, respiratory problems, all that good stuff. So, quick guide. Check it out. My turn? Mm-hmm. All right. So, this is one that I like a lot. Uh, this is Honduran Milk Snakes. From Doug Mong and James Tindall, or Tintel. Um, it's a fairly recent book. Um, see what year it was? 2013. Uh, one thing I like about this book is that the uh, let's see if it shows it here. The contents. Every chapter. I don't know if you guys can see or not. Well, I can't see as the lighting, but on the here, like on the uh, the pages, each chapter is a different color. So if you you know see what the colors, are, I thought that was a really good idea. To where if you just grab the book and you're like, oh, I know breeding is purple. You go to purple, and there you go. You got it. It's an easy, quick reference thing. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It goes into the history of Hondurans. Uh, you know the hobby Hondurans. Well, that's different mutations. There's a lot more mutations to these things than I thought there was. Uh, I've always been very interested in Hondurans. Um, they're still a bigger colubrid. So that's that's kind of my MO when it comes to colubrids. Uh, overall, it's just, it's a really good book. Um, you know, they go over some cool stuff like snake anatomy, if you want to nerd out on that, uh, all the scales and all that. Um, Find something else cool about it. Does it does it cover all the different subspecies? It is just all Hondurans. Just that's Hondurans. All, that's all it is. So it's okay. yeah. So, so everything you would want to know just about Hondurans. That's this is it. So it doesn't cover any other tricolors at all. No. So no uh, pueblins. Okay. No anything like that. Apricot. Nothing like that. Okay. Cool. Um, it is. 
160, 170 pages long. It's a wow. super easy read. You can see how, you know, they have graphs and, you know, pictures, stuff like that. Um, I'm not the, so I like books a lot. I don't, uh, I'm not you're the like, biggest reader. You're like, but you're, like, you're like me. You can't do cover to cover. You use them and you read what you want to read. Yeah, exactly. And even if it's, uh, even if it's a book I'm interested in, if it's like dry content, it's hard for me to just knock it out like all yeah. at once. This book, I was able to sit down and I read the whole thing in like two hours. Like it was just a really oh, wow. easy read, uh, really good information. Of course, there's pictures. I know that's probably, there's a joke in there somewhere, but <laughs> you know, it kept me engaged the whole time to where I wanted to, you know, continue to, to go about it. So I know Hondurans are, there's nothing crazy about their, uh, you know, as far as taking care of them stuff, they're pretty, straightforward you know as far as colubrids go you keep them just like corns and kings and all that but if you want to dive deeper into what's out there there's a lot of projects i think most hobbyists don't know about um i know i didn't before i read this book different lines and stuff um it's definitely worth picking up and i don't think it's that expensive and it is on amazon's where i got this one so there you go awesome man i'm definitely going to look into that book because I've kept Hondurans over the years and I don't know if it was, it was either you or maybe it was Casey was talking about getting some, uh, getting some exanthics and, uh, and dude, like I started looking at them again, but I put all colubrids on hold because obviously I have to get into the sub box. So we'll leave it at that. I'm still looking for glades rats, but, uh, but dude, I love species specific books, man. I really do. Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and he says 160 pages. Yeah, 160, 170. Yeah, um, like, and that's yeah. awesome, man. It's it's that's that's all the information that you're going to need for one specific species. Uh, I think that's great. So I'm, I'm totally gonna another another cool thing. Doug Mong, who uh, wrote the book, apparently he's like 20 minutes from me. Really? You know, from here, yeah. So uh, I've never reached out to him, but I'm sure if I got into him and, you know, really wanted to, I'm sure I could pick his brain about stuff because he's been keeping them forever. Well, what we got to do uh, is I got to I gotta get a copy of the book too. We'll get a couple pairs mm -hmm. and then we'll basically force him to have a beer with us and get him to sign them. There you go. Sounds like a good uh, good thing to me. Look, if, if you get Hondurans, I'll get Hondurans. Oh, I, I want Hondurans. I uh, I have okay. always really liked the tangerine albinos. For whatever reason, when it comes to Hondurans, I like the morphs more than the normals. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. They're like the only, one of the few species that I'm... Uh, morphs are better than regulars? Yeah. Yeah, you know? dude, so, I hate I hate saying it, man. I mean, okay, sorry. You guys are going to see it. Dude, I know you guys like, know what they look like, but... But no, dude, and like Ghost is just awesome. You know, All right. stand by. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, the last Honduran that I had was a, a, a an adult male tangerine that was so red that it was basically just red with black bands, and like I mean, jet black bands with jet black markings on the face, and he got probably like almost five foot. Named him Diablo. It's it's the two-headed one, but you get the idea. 
Oh yeah. You know, oh, basically yeah. an albino tricolor. Yeah. That's basically what they are. But just how they hold that color into adulthood and I mean it's they just they get they don't look any better as babies than they do as adults. Yeah. Yeah, I, I literally I was know, just I've been, about I've asked you about them. I, I know. <laughs> just just about to say that Vic's got them. So uh and he's in your neck of the woods too, which is even better. Yeah, no, I've already reached out to Vic. He he knows what I want. <laughs> He knows the deal. I like it. I like it. So, Phil, you up next? Uh, I believe I am. So, my second book uh, is, oh, by the way, I found the Parasitology book. However, it is sold out across the globe. There is one place that has it. So, whoever's watching this live, you guys get first dibs. Um and you're going to have to call them on a different time because uh, right now I think it's uh, – actually, you could probably call them right now. So it is the uh, hurtbooks.com.au. So this is the Australian hurtbooks.com. Uh, they have Parasitology and Snakes, Lizards, and Chelonians, a husband or guide. Um, they only have one available, and it's $70 Australian. So whoever's quick to the draw – if you want this book, I highly recommend you buy it from them right now. So go check it out. And uh, my second book is nowhere near as hard to find. It is also out of print because it is an older book that they, they keep doing like print runs of. And that is Krieger Publications, Geckos, spelled correctly, the German way. So, this book is, uh, I believe, published, I think, 1999 or 1997. Let me take a look real quick. Wow, I was wrong, 95. Um, and it's originally a German book. Uh, it's translated by John Hackworth. Um, but this book has so much information about geckos overall. It, if you're just getting into geckos or you're curious about geckos, if you can find this book, I know it's on Kindle. I think it's like $10 on Kindle. Um, it has everything that you'd ever want to know about geckos, and it's a it's a broad spectrum. So it covers arboreal stuff. It covers Southeast Asia, Africa, North America, South America, Australia. Um, it covers it all. It talks about physiology, morphology, uh, keeping them in different vivariums. I'm trying to find some good pictures to show y'all. It is. Is there any Smith eye in there? Is there what? Any Smith eye in there? Uh, I don't remember. Let me let me look. So it covers general like types of vivariums, and it basically talks about the different families and the different the different uh, vivariums and and caging and stuff you would use for the different types of geckos. Obviously, there's thousands of species of geckos, so it's not going to cover all of it. Um, but it does have a, a huge section in the back of different stuff. So like, obviously I flipped to the knobtails. It only has like two species of knobtail, but uh, like, here we go. So here it, it still calls them uh, actually here's Lichionis. So it'll give you some pictures. It gives you some nice, some facts. Um, and then it goes into the husbandry aspect. So, you know, it'll tell you the habitat, the size characteristics of the actual species, um, how difficult the husbandry is. You know, and then it actually gives you the reproductive stuff, you know, so, you know, oh, it hatches at, you know, 28 degrees Celsius and 90 days or whatever it is. 
Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's a great book, and even though it's outdated, it's not um, because it does cover such a wide assortment of geckos. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I like that. It's my number two pick, and and I am happy that it is on Kindle because it took me it took me probably about a year to find the hardcover. Um, and uh, let me see if it's on if the Kindle is still up on Amazon. Geckos. Uh, so yeah, hardcovers on Amazon right now. It's fifty-five bucks. Nice. So, yeah. So again, it's it's an older book, nineteen ninety-five, but the the information's great. Um, let me see. How many pages was it? Did you say that? No. Let me see real quick. It looked like it had some some thickness to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah let me let me not include the uh, the bibliography and shit. You can. It's cool. All right, so including bibliography and table of contents and index, 237 pages. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, it's, it's about an inch thick. Nothing crazy. And it, it's, it's a small book. It's about the size of a small iPad. So <clears throat> I think it's also good because uh, it is the German translation to English. It's not overly scientific. Um, I think that a 12 year old or a 15 year old who's just getting into lizards and geckos would have no problem reading that book and, and, you know, maybe asking mom or dad, Hey, what's this mean? Uh, but it, it's definitely an easy read and it, it spells it out very, very simple for you. So if you are curious about getting into geckos or you just want another gecko book, I highly recommend that book. And uh, let me find out if the, if the Kindle's still on, hold on. Oh yeah. They have 18 used from $20. So I, yeah, I don't see a Kindle option, so it may not be there. Uh, let me see. Yeah, the used ones are all like $25, $22. Used in, in very good condition, $33. That's so, not bad at all. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think... Kruger publication is, does a great, great book. They've always have, they always will. Um, and yeah, I just, I like that. I like that book. I thought it was good. So Smitty, you're up. Stuff in his gullet. Yeah. He's chewing. I mean, on the popcorn. <laughs> we'll get some to wake your ass up, man. Doing a live show here. I'm not feeling very alive right now. <laughs> yeah, you got the, you got the crud that I got. No, I'm just tired. Um, poison dart frogs, biology species and captive husbandry edition chimera, black cover. Ooh, very nice. Very the nice. dart frog, the dart frog Bible, as most Chimera books are. Oh yeah, um, covers so many species in particular range. Uh, red list status has maps for distributions, different type localities, and uh, a lot of species that we don't see in the hobby at all. At least here in the states, uh, it even talks about some talks about like husbandry and stuff. Um, but I also believe it talks a little bit about, uh, like parasites and medical stuff related to frogs. 
That's cool. And, uh, it's it's if you're into dart frogs, I tried reading it, and it's re very repetitive, especially if you're reading about the same genus because it just lists all the same stuff most of the time, and then you get into like the actual minor details about that species in particular. So it does get a little dry. Um, but I mean, it's got awesome pictures. This was published in. Oh, uh, 2007. So that's I'm pretty sure recent. There are, there are things that have changed since, but it's very good. Very heavy duty. I had the dragon traders, but I feel like I talked about that last time we did this. So like I'm almost positive we did. So yeah, you did. Yeah. So start frog Bible. It is expensive. I don't know what it's going for right now. There it is. Where did you get uh, a good gecko book in the comments, too? Low yet, Life of Giant Geckos. That book is supposed to be awesome. I'm not a big arboreal gecko guy, but that book is supposed to be Top notch. <laughs> Ryan Cox says that he's reading a book that Billy would love. It's called American Snakes. Maybe we'll save that for the next book this club meeting. Book is currently $127 on Amazon. Awesome. All right. And obviously, well worth it. Um, a lot of the uh, edition Chimera black covers, I like to go to Eco Universe for a couple reasons. Um, one reason is because I like supporting like the whole small business thing, and they are they've been into herp stuff since poof since you know the herp hobby was a thing. Um, but they also do publication and distribution for Chimera, so. Let me see if they have it, because oftentimes they will be a little cheaper than Amazon. But I know they also put, um, they also put their books on Amazon. So let me see. I'm also pretty sure they are one of the sole exclusive distributors of Tel Hicks art. And I mean, we all love Tel Hicks stuff. So uh, So they do not have it. So yeah, your best bet's probably going to be to Amazon. Cool. Nice. I just, a uh, little side note, I just ordered the, uh, Bert, I forget how to say his last name correctly. Um, Lang, the Agama International guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just got his uh, two book series or the ones on his life and stuff because that's uh, that's one thing I regret going to Daytona when I was younger and into lizards. I never got the uh, thank you, Bill. Um, I never got Australian water dragons when I had a chance. He had them for 50 bucks every year. Now they're for whatever reason, they've become, you know, a lot more uh, harder to come by, but really excited to get those in. He did 
so much for the hobby. That was one of those, when he sold off his collection, it was, uh, it was sad that, uh, someone didn't take that and run with it. You know, there was this, there's a good opportunity there, but you know how that goes. So it's me now, right? Bueller? Bueller? Yes, yes. Sorry, I, I muted myself so I could cough real quick. Um, I'm trying to pull up uh, Langerwerf's uh, book. Um, that way we can show it off because that book is pretty cool. I feel like Bird is somebody that has so much impact on the hobby that not enough people talk about. You know, so it's fantastic that you know, this information is coming out and it can get out there because he he was in Alabama and he was doing he had Aussie water dragons out all year. Like I remember distinctly reading on his rep website how he built his outside cages and how uh, he would go like two feet. He would dig two feet into the ground. He put chicken wire down. So if they dug in when it got cold, they would never get out, but they could still, you know, get away from the cold and all that. Like he just put so much thought into what he was doing. It, you know, showed because he was very successful with everything he worked with. And so. I, I didn't realize this, but because I have the red tail book and the water dragon book, I didn't realize that he did the red tail book too. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't find the book you're talking about though. What's, what's it called again? Uh, gosh, I'd, Hang on. Let me look at my uh, receipt. Yeah. I know Russ Gurley is uh, the one that's that's selling it. Stand by. Sorry, guys. Is it it's Lizard Man? The Life and Adventures of Burt Langerhorf? That's it. Yep, I found it. That is it. Here, we'll share this real quick. <laughs> there he is. Awesome. Yeah, so that's a brand new book that was just released, like, very recently. Um, so you get a pack of two books, because there's two separate books that come in the set. Uh, and they're $75 shipped for the two. So that, I mean, to me, that's a, a no brainer. Yeah. yeah. No brainer. You know? That's awesome. Just for, just for the history part of it, you know, like I know we've come a long way, but you can still learn a lot by, you know, learning about how things were before we had what we have today. Um, that looks like his cages in his yard or in his, uh, on his property. Yeah, definitely. That's super cool. There it is. I remember too, he had the first sailfin dragon uh, at Daytona that I remember seeing. And I just thought it was the most amazing. You guys know how I feel about sailfins. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was just the most amazing animal I've ever laid my eyes on. You know, that first one is always special, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, of course. And I'm sure I'm putting it on a pedestal. It's probably like a female integrate or something like that. But, <laughs> Still. You know, just. And dude, I yeah, mean, look, look at look at the cover of volume two. It's freaking Tuatara. Yeah. Like amazing. I got to get yeah. that. I got to get that. It's I haven't touched them yet, and I can already tell you it's worth it. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Sorry about the side rant. Sorry about that, guys. No, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. So my uh, next one is, uh, so I got this book mostly for um, one part in it, uh, but there's a lot of information in it on other species. Uh, it's Common King Snakes by Brian Hobbs. Nice. Uh, I looked at that. That book looks really good. It's fantastic. Uh, so 394 pages. So it's like it's a it's a thick book. You, know, you got a lot going on. Um, the California King Snake section is like 140 pages. So if you're in the Cali Kings, wow. this this has I think it's the section on Cali Kings in here is bigger than I think any Cali King uh, book. specific book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got it because I have a interest in Apalachicola Kings. Um, so there's like a 30 page snippet in that about, yep. Um, that's something I'm looking for in Daytona, uh, or Chicago next month now. Yeah. So, um, nice, nice. And basically every, uh, every chapter is completely dedicated to a specific subspecies of, uh, king snakes. And they go into like the Apalachicola king, it goes into, um, like them field herping them. It has a whole bunch of pages or pictures of uh, different uh, looks and all that. Like these are all Apalachicola kings here. Dude, look, cool at that, is, look at that red one. Yeah, for sure. Dude, that, that red one is crazy. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're just amazing snakes. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool because like he has, um, so there's a lot of field notes so like he's been working on this information since the eighties and this book came out, I think the early two thousands, I want to say 2000. Well, hey, let me just look. Uh, so it is before they, it's before they lumped everything back together. Right. So like here, I just flipped to this page. You can see all that data. Right. That's like 91, 92, you know, all that, like he's been compiling all this information for years and years and years and he talks about how he uh like where he would find the animals where he would uh you know what the weather was all that like the thing with the Apalachicola kings is that he said in 30 years he found four specimens like they're not wow. common yeah like they're not common uh there's a like a field herping story in here about how he uh he was out there and then there was another uh, couple guys that weren't a part of the group that were also looking for him in different spots and all that. And like, he just, he just puts it all out there as far as where he's finding them, what the conditions are, all that. Uh, and he does that with every species that he went out and found. Uh, and then of course there's, you know, how to keep them in captivity and breeding and all that with all the very detailed notes and data. Um, so if you're interested in king snakes at all, these are like that book is fantastic. Uh, I don't think it's that much. I want to say I paid sixty or seventy recently on Amazon for it. Uh, there's another book that he has out too that's like mountain king snakes. So that's more your mex mex, uh, gurai stuff like that. 
that's a little smaller, but the same exact layout, same everything. I have that one too, but I figured I wouldn't do two King Snake books. So now, um, does the 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 big one that you just have now that's strictly yeah. United States, or does it cover anything else? So I'll, I forget how he has it. Uh, he has it here, but so. I'll tell you all the ones it covers. Cali Kings, Desert Kings, Spe- Speckled Kings, Western Black Kings, uh, Al Santa Catalina Kings, Eastern Kings, Outer Bank Kings, Florida Kings, yeah. Apalachicola Kings. Uh, those are the ones that have their, each one of those has their own specific chapter. That's, you know, a long chapter. It's not just a couple pages. Like he, he put a lot of, a lot of information and it goes into what their habitat is, what their range is, uh, what their prey is, all that. And that's all field notes, you know, and then at the end of the book, he does, you know, captive bred stuff that, uh, you know, how to keep them in captivity and all that kind of stuff. So it basically has everything you could ever want to know about king snakes in it. So it definitely helped me get more confident in getting the ones that I want uh, just by reading the little snippet he had on that species. I'm uh I'm literally gonna buy that book now specifically for the Outer Banks section because that's my favorite king snake and yeah. I was gonna I'm keeping I keep my eyes peeled all the time but I, I've been not pulling the trigger and I need to buy that book so that I'll pull the trigger. OBX. OBX Stand, baby. Stand by. Let me get you, get you a little something. So it's a small section, Phil, and none of the uh, pictures are color, but no, they're black it. and white anyway. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> there, and Dude, you can kind of see great. some of the info and all that. So yeah, that's awesome. It's a good, it's a good buy, man. And then, like you know, just like anything else, you can read about another species, and you know, if they're close to. Um, you know, proximity of whatever species you're dealing with, then you can apply that to those two. Like Apalachicola Kings, I can also look up Florida Kings and, you know, pretty much keep them exactly the same way and it'll be all right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Awesome. I'm going to write a book before I die. You are writing a book, aren't you? Or no? Yeah, kind of. I rarely have time to devote. I'll I'll buy it when you finish it. All right. I'll buy mine. <laughs> It'll be ready in the next eight years at the rate I'm going. Okay, that's all right. Hey, man, be- always better late than never, right? That's it. All right, Philip, you're up. All right, so. I only have one more book left for my selection. I only grabbed three because. Uh, I, I, oh, jeez. All right, I, 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 I got I'm a unpre- shit ton. <laughs> I'm, I'm unprepared as usual. Um, <laughs> Matt says I have a headache, and the only cure is more King Snake books. I love it. So uh, Matt and Jamie, somebody gave them a box of old snake books, and like reptile books. A lot of them were water damaged. Um, a bunch of them got thrown away. And they're like, dude, we don't even have snakes anymore. Like, do you want these books? Just take them. And I did. And there was a bunch of gems in there, uh, legit gems. Um, I have, 
I got first edition Clobberai volume one and two. So like I got those, you know, that's that, that right there is one of my prized jewels in my collection. Um, but one of the books that was in there, I, I, I thought was awesome. And uh, it's a paperback. It feels like when you touch it, cause it's, it's old. It's uh, hold on. I'll tell you the year it was came out. So this was published in 85. So it's, it's one year older than I am. Um, and it feels like one of those old, I don't want to say like old romance novels that, you know, your, your mom had when you were a kid, whatever they were, it just feels like an old thick fiction book, but it's not, it's the Texas monthly field guide series, a field guide to Texas snakes. Okay. And are there bears in there? I'll be honest. I've only opened it like three times, but I'm about to open it right now and find the bears. And the whole reason why I broke this out is there's a reason why I broke this out. So let me find the bears just for Smitty. Maybe it'll wake him up from his stupor. Uh, Nothing let me, will. Let me go to the index. Hold on a Your second. voice is actually making me sleepier. <laughs> Whatever. That I can only imagine what mine's doing then. That wasn't a dig. That was just me saying Phil has a voice that's made for like sleep help. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, where the hell are the rat snakes? Baird's rat snake, page 147 and 40. So plate number 40. All right. I do love the books when they have the actual picture plates. I think that's so cool. All right. So here's the Baird's rat representation for the book. He's not even looking. I see it. <laughs> I see it. All right. So that's the representation for the book. And oh, crap. Now I forgot the page. Number. There's 143, I think it said. Uh, 143. Nope. That's rough green snakes. Hold on. Texas rat snake. Baird's rat snake. Non venomous. Abundance. Spottily dispersed throughout both the Central Hill County, Central Hill Country, and the Trans Pecos, but nowhere abundant. And then it goes into the reproduction, the colors, similar species, behavior, all that jazz. So it gives you an idea of what's what, you know, but it is actually, it is a field guide. It's for you to take with you. So because we're going to Texas in two weeks, and I saw this oh, on the yeah. shelf, and I was like, "This is, this is good." But let me see if there's something more modern. So I got oh, Texas Natural History Guides, Texas snakes, with yeah. an, with an ornate on the cover, which is one of the key species I hope to see while we're there. This book is way more in depth. It's smaller. It's lighter, it is thicker, but it's it's meant for you to bring it places. You know what I mean? And you can put that in your pocket. L- l- I, you said. could literally. Yeah. Um, I will be bringing this with us just in case. Uh, obviously, we have Google, but you know what? Batteries die. Internet service conks out. Cell service conks out. I'll have this book with us. Um, it also has like a glossy coating to it, 
So I imagine if it did get dirt or water or whatever, it wouldn't be completely damaged. And then the pages, although they are paper, uh, they have like a like a glossy texture to them. So I imagine that they are meant to withstand some kind of elements. Uh, I thought it's pretty cool that uh, they give you a centimeter and inch ruler on the inside cover, which I thought was pretty unique. Assuming that nice. someone's going to be doing some kind of research with it, uh, there is a, a couple pages for notes. Um, but this one, it actually breaks down county by county. So let's find the bear die. There it is. I opened right up to it because I'd already had it open. So they give you one, two, three. So four solid pages on Bairds, but it covers the counties. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so Justin leans in for this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and there's another representation photo. Hold on, let me move my hand. Is that a valid? It looks striped name? to me. Yep. I like that one. It looks striped. So that one, it just says adult. Uh, and then it goes into the same thing, comparable. Like yeah. Pairing those things up or what? I did. I put them together for a night, and I don't know if anything happened. So, yeah, so I think I paid, like, $22 for this. Um, it is a little weird because it, it says... Uh, yeah, red, Texas... Red flag on a red page. Red flag on a red page. Texas poisonous snakes. Um and then it breaks down and goes into the corals and the vipers and all that jazz. And simply because I am absolutely enamored with the clobberi. Oh, look what picture they chose for clobberi. Wham! Franklin Mountain, baby. Franklin. It's a nice alterna. You shut oh, your really? mouth, Billy Hunt. <laughs> Real nice alternative. And you know what I think is hilarious? Look at the map. The, look at the map on the clobberai. There you go. <laughs> hilarious. So, uh, again, great book uh, for a purpose. If you just want to read about Texas snakes, most of the snakes in this book, believe it or not, are found outside of Texas. So you, there, there's very few solely endemic species. Um, but yeah, it's, it was it was cheap. It's built really well, you know. It has a woven bind to it because they know you're going to take it out in the field and fuck it up. So, yeah, I'm in. I like it. Nothing more important in a book for me than the build quality. Thanks, Grandpa. Well, then that's the book for you, Smitty. <laughs> yeah. What? And look at this. They got melosis in here. And then... Phil did also just say that the pages inside were paper, so... No, but, like, you know how they have those field guys that are, like, laminated plastic or they're, like, vinyl? You know what I'm talking about? That's mm -hmm. what I meant by it, smartass. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So they have northern blacktail. They don't have eastern or southern blacktail. Trans-Pecos copperhead. 
Yeah. Western Diamondback, Canebrake, Model Rock, Banded Rock, Mojave, Prairie, Mojave, Desert Sagwas. Wow, they really don't cover Ornata in this. Interesting. Okay, whatever. So that's all. Yeah. So uh, that's all my books that I grabbed for tonight. My apologies, but I thought that they, I put thought into these books. So I hope you all enjoy. I'm sorry that I picked a book that's $1,000 on Amazon. <laughs> I really feel bad about that. <laughs> You're that guy. I think, I honestly, I'm pretty sure I only paid like 70 or 80 bucks for it when it was in print. So it's not like I spent, you know, $1,000 on it to be that guy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. You got any more, Smitty? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and do my last two if you have more after, like if you have. I have a few, yeah. Okay. So what I'm currently reading, and cannot really give you a solid uh take on yet until it's done America's Snake by Ted Levin uh, it's about nice. timber rattlesnakes nice. the rise and fall of the timber rattlesnake nice um, Don't tread something on interesting this book actually mentions McCurley multiple times I guess there was a point in time where up north he was traveling with some of these groups not traveling but meeting up with some of these groups to go and check on dens and stuff like that so uh, it's been sitting on my shelf for a hot minute. It was published in like 2017, so it's really not that old of a book. And I mean, I'm only yay far into it. You can see it right there. So, got a ways to go, but I'm enjoying it so far. And then, as I was saying before, so you have What's Wrong with My Snake. <laughs> Dude, this thing's like 10 pounds. I'm not even kidding. Mater's Reptile and Amphibian Medicine Surgery. This is the third edition. It was released in 2019, I believe. Awesome. This sucker is stupid heavy, that's stupid awesome, thick. Man. Oh, that's the book, bro. Like, it's the it book. stays on my nightstand. It's become the Bible. It just stays on my nightstand because, A, I don't have anywhere on my bookshelf to put it, and B, if I feel like if I put it on my bookshelf, it might break it. Because this thing's like 1500 pages and i'm not even joking when i say it's like the weight is like 10 pounds like the binding i, I hate holding it because I, the binding just like shifts and stuff like that i'm afraid i'm gonna break it and this was also an expensive book um, <laughs> i think it was like 160 on amazon i sold my copy of the complete carpet python just so i could buy this so i think i think that was worth it I think so too, because I mean, complete carpet python. I read it; it was cool and all, but when I heard they were going for three hundred bucks, Johnny Barrett, who may or may not still be in the chat, was like, "Dude, I want it." And I was like, "I got you." So, bought this that same night, and it comes with a free like digital version, which is nice. Like, there's a little Very code cool. inside you redeem, and you can access it online, awesome. like the entire thing. So, there he is. Nice. This thing is is so in depth. Um, 
I mean, it talks about everything from like virology to gastroenterology, uh, reproduction, tons of charts on like medicines and things and what they're used for. It ranks uh, some of the like UV lights and stuff that are on the market and even good like talks about like amphibian medicine as well, which is kind of like no one really talks about that. You know, sometimes amphibians need to be medically fixed as well. And it goes into the way to do that. Um, I mean, obviously, there's way more than what I just mentioned. But pretty much if you think of something medical related to herps, it's almost guaranteed to be in this book. So and what I like about it as well is it's not super technical. Um, it's not like what's wrong with my snake at the same time, but it's not, it's not like some of the other books that Phil's mentioned previously, uh, you know, like the venom venom books where it's just all technical. Yeah. Um, it's, it, this one's this actually one, readable by the common one's man. Very readable, very yeah. easy to understand and wrap your head around. Um, but still like professional and, and, you know, a good book to have. So, Highly recommend it. Like I said, this is the third edition. You can probably get some of the older editions cheaper. I just don't know how updated well, the information is in this compared to the older versions. So now, didn't Cox get a copy? He got like a, a second or third or second edition with a black cover, and I think he only paid <sighs> like was, forty no, that bucks. Was like first edition, I think that, that was, was like a first edition. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he got a first edition. He only paid like forty bucks, right? Yeah, but I'm also yeah. almost positive it's like half the size of this. So. Okay. Okay. If you're looking for current, up-to-date medical stuff, uh, this is it. it. Goes into anatomy, like breaks everything down. Um, goes through each family, like lizards, snakes, crocodilians, turtles. Um, talk even talk goes into like eyesight, musculoskeletal, or skeletal muscular stuff, uh, all kinds of, of whatnot. But Brandon asked, "Are we getting the new carpet book when it comes out?" I may or may not. I don't know. Hundred percent. Actually, I'm getting it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you guys have listened to Julander's podcast with Chuck Poland, the Reptile Fight Club thing. Uh, yeah. And the newest episode, Julander was it. talking about it, and he said the new version. He said there's like 30 pages worth of husbandry stuff that got left out from the first edition, so it will nice. be more expansive, I think. So in that regard, awesome. I, there's a very good chance I will get it, but we'll see. Tell yeah, it's supposed to be like 500 pages or something like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. So that's that's the last of mine. But if you want something to also protect your home to where if an intruder breaks in, you hide around the corner from a door, and when they walk in, you just whack them in the head with this, you probably will kill them. And then you can learn how to fix them. <laughs> nice. Nice. If they're, if they're an amphibian. Right. No, I mean most of this can be like, mm, you know, concussions, contusions, stitches, how to stop bleeding. Here we go, right here. Very cool. Yeah, I gotta get that one. I gotta get on that one. Like I was literally flipping through it a couple nights ago, and like my arm fell asleep because the book was sitting on top of it as I was flipping. Like it's, <laughs> it's no joke, man. It's so heavy. It's a massive textbook. Let me ask you something. Did did you guys and uh, did you guys ever did you guys do college courses or no? Yep. Yeah. Did you guys keep your textbooks? No. I have one. Okay. Because so, they didn't give me money when I sold them back. 
Okay, so I kept, a, I wouldn't say all of them, but I kept a good handful of them, like the ones that weren't too expensive and weren't, and something that I thought was very interesting. So like I kept my zoology ones, I kept the biology ones, and I'm glad I did, because there's like a ton of cool shit in there that, you know, we, we overlooked it because we were young, and who cares, you know? But like... Dude, the zoology book, it's its as thick as the one Justin just showed. And uh, it's a lot of stuff about mammals and birds that I don't really care about. But there's a lot of cool stuff in those textbooks. So, like, I usually tell people, like, hey, if you're in college, you're taking college courses, and you're herpetology or biology or whatever, you know, fight the urge to sell it back and hang on to that because you may want to read it one day, you know? Yeah, I actually bought a uh, herpetology textbook for herpetology classes. Uh, and it's how much of a nerd I am. I like went through it and like was taking notes. Like I was in the class, you know, but it, I mean, it gives you such a, a different perspective on everything that we have. Cause I mean, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in just the hobby side of it. But, you know, when you start looking into the technical and scientific aspect of it, you just, there's so much more to it than you realize. I actually tried to find a, uh, you know, like textbooks will have workbooks that yeah. coincide with the book. So like you read the chapter, then you go through the workbook for that chapter and all that. Yeah. I couldn't find one. I was kind of bummed about that, but <laughs> I was pretty much trying to go through a class without taking a class. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so that would be cool. Right, man, so if they had that. Yeah. You're up. Yeah. They don't. I looked very, <laughs> I looked a while. All right, so <clears throat> this was my first Daytona silent auction win uh, a few years ago. So really? I was, I did overpay for it, but it went to a good cause. So you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, there's always those people that are like, "Oh, you got ripped off or whatever." And it's like it's for a good cause, man. Like, what are you, yeah, it's, what are it's you talking for, about? It's for charity, and it's not just charity. It's it's our charity. It's it's our, yeah, right? our community. You guys have been to the auction. You know how some people are. It's all they're worried about getting a deal, then you know, yeah, whatever. But like you, you don't go to an auction to look for a deal. Come on, man. Yeah, you'd be surprised. People do. So, anyway, it's this one: uh, the snakes of Thailand and their husbandry. Nice. Uh, so, getting back to the Asian stuff, you know, we we're on the North American kick there for a little bit. Uh, so, this book goes into a lot of uh, detail. Like, uh, but it's just like little, little things like here, you know, there's, if you guys can see Ridley eye and then just beauties in general. Uh, and it's just a little one page snippet on them, you know, nothing crazy. Um, it's not like supposed to be something that you're going to like get a species and then nail it down. They have 30 pages on it. You know, it's just a very basic overview, field notes, stuff like that. But uh, I definitely like this page. It's got uh, a really nice Colignathus flavillinius, a uh, some type of bamboo. Forgot what it said there, and then of course my radiator rat down there. Right. Uh, very nice. Which is, very why, nice. which is why I got it. And then uh, what do we got here? We got um, a beauty, Ridley eye beauty, and then. A Ganyo, you know, and then they have stuff on Pataeus and, uh, you know, they go over scalation and uh, lints and stuff like that. 
let's see what else we got. It basically pretty much every single snake that's in Thailand, they go over. So like they even go over sea snakes, you know, uh, you know, you'll find you one. Um, well, here you go. Stuff you'd like all the tree vipers and stuff. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's a lot kind of stuff. So, I mean, as far as going super in depth and, you know, oh man, I know everything there is to know about all these species. It's really not that it's more of a basic overview to get you started. Uh, but I still, you know, if you're into snakes from that region, it's still worth getting, uh, in my opinion, uh, just because you can get, you know, a good gist of how things, uh, you take, there's a lot of field notes on certain species and all that. And, you know, I'm a big believer that you can learn a lot from field notes and scientific papers and stuff. If you have an open mind reading them, uh, so just looking at them at face value. I know I used to do that, um, not too long ago. And then I finally started trying to look at it at a different perspective. And so I've started doing that with older books that I've had and then go back and read them. And, you know, there's that. So there it is. Snakes of Thailand and their husbandry. Love it. Does it have a, can you, can you open up the indexes and see if they have Calisolesma? Sure. So are you going to sound, I told you me and the, the scientific names. That was a K uh, or a C? Uh, that was a C. Calisolesma. Right. Rhodostoma. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's like ten pages they're on. <laughs> nice. All right, stand by. <laughs> nice, nice. Stand by. All right, they just talk about them there. Another brown snake nobody cares about. Yeah, brown brown snakes need love too. Uh, let's see. Especially Porthidium, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and your long nose things. Okay, so was it Malayan Pit Viper? Yeah, I, feel like I should have known that. So it's got that, and it's got the, you know, the head drawings and head scalation and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Does I don't it talk about all, all ten pages that they're on? No, no, yeah, it's fine. Do, do, does it have like any of the uh, uh, ecology stuff, like uh, environmental or husbandry or anything? Uh, let's see. A little bit. Okay. Um, a little bit. It goes into, uh, like where they're found, uh, how many eggs they lay, uh, incubation period, stuff like that. It's just real quick snippets. It doesn't go super deep into anything. Um, but it's more of a, more of a reference book, but the amount of species, like it's, uh, it's over 500 pages. So nice. like it's got, it's literally got something on every species that's there. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely yeah. worth looking into. Awesome. Um, good pick. Good pick. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess since I'm the only one that has stuff left, I'll just keep rolling. Do it. Do uh, it. Smitty, did you do this one last time? I forget. Did you do this one or no? Um. No. Okay, so I'll just be quick on it because I mean I, I feel did like the, everybody I did the Julander Philip one, but I did say get both. Yeah, so I, I tell people the same thing. Uh, actually, if, if Billy's still on here, I remember distinctly telling him that when he was looking into getting green trees. Uh, this book has a lot of really good information. Yeah, the Julander book has more uh, up to date stuff and kind of different ideas than what 
uh, Maxwell had in this one. I think my favorite thing about this book, and it's not even, it's not even about the snakes themselves. It's, uh, see if I could find it real quick. Uh, stand by. And I mean, the pictures are, I mean, if you, if you really dug into green trees and like only focused on them and tried to get the different lines and all the different looks and stuff like that, it would be like, it'd be insane. So I always like the, uh, the Maxwell cages that he'd make uh, with the uh, contact paper and all wooden cages and stuff like that. Classic. I'm actually going, Classic. yeah, I'm actually, uh, well, you guys know, I'm in the process of trying to figure out how I want to build my own wooden cages and try to get, uh, I just want to build my own so I can make them exactly how I want them. Uh, so this is definitely something that I've pulled inspiration from. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a good book. If you're into green trees at all, it's definitely one that you need to get. I was, I wasn't fortunate enough to get the first one. Uh, I was only able to get the second one. Um, so between this and the new Julander book, it basically gives you everything you need to know about green trees. And then of course there's tons of information on them anyway, out there, you know, whether it be Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, whatever. Uh, Pediculture magazine. Definitely a good one. Or Pediculture magazine, shameless plug. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll have to check those out, Mike. Uh, so yeah, so it's a class. I mean, I feel like if you're into reptile books, who doesn't have a copy of this book? You know, yeah. it's just one of those everybody has. So, Let me ask you, what, who is the snake on the cover of that one? Who I don't, Smitty might know better than, than me. Do you know the, is that a famous one? For some reason, I'm thinking that might be Aqua Girl, but I could be wrong. Does it say on the inside cover? Or like on the, on the opening page? Let's see. Put me on the spot, Phil. I am. Well, you're holding the book. Um, cause I just, I just remember when that book came out or when like the revised version of that book came out, I remember the author was at Daytona with that book. I bet you Andy for, Middleton knows. Yeah. Where's Andy? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, Andy would definitely know. Um, so the author was there with the book on like a little book stand and like a stack of books so he could sign copies. And then on the, on a little wooden perch next to the book, was that snake? Oh, mm. dude, look at that! I mean, look at that! Look, look at, at that. those snakes! You know, like that's. Would you look at it? There's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Uh, there's so many, like just gorgeous, <laughs> freaking yeah, right. There's so many <laughs> gorgeous green trees in here, man. Just I actually I okay, like so... original stuff, man. The stuff that's like the reason yeah. we have some of the designer stuff we have. All right. So funny story about this book that I just remembered is uh, I was telling you, Phil, when you were here, uh, Anita, out of all the snakes, her favorite are the green trees. So she decided to grab this book on her own. And whenever she had time, she would read it. She read the whole thing and she would text me and she's like, I like the mustard line. I like the high yellow line. I like, you know, this animal, that animal. I'm like, Oh my God. And she's telling me what, 
uh, localities she likes the best and all that kind of stuff. So even somebody that isn't into snakes at all was able to read this book, comprehend it, understand it and all that. So it's an easy read as well. So that's a, a yeah. good sell for it too. But I always thought that was funny. You know, she's like, Oh, I like the, um, I think it's the mustard line. I forget exactly what it was, but, uh, it was just funny. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's, all right, that's a three thousand dollar snake at least, you know. But you got good taste, I guess. Right, uh, I love it. Love it. So okay, I'll just jump right into the next one. Uh, any complete book is going to be amazing. That's just how it right. is, right? Yeah. Um, the complete children's python, which should be more the complete uh, anteresia because it covers everything. Mm-hmm. I. I reference this a lot because I bred Antaresia for the first time this year. Yeah. Um, is that Darth Maul? Oh, okay. See, Mike Cuppin said that that animal's Darth Maul on the front. And I, for some reason, I was thinking it was a different one, but. It, it might be. I'm not good with Green Tree history. I get that one mixed up with the uh, um, Ella Diablo. Okay. Um, yeah. So this one is not as big as the other completes. Um, there's also Julander and Mutton and Peter Birch put this one well, out. I mean, it's a smaller book because it's a smaller snake. Is that how that works? That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, then when they do the complete olive python, it's going to be massive, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be re- it's going to be really short so, but really thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like every other complete anything it tells you everything you would need to know about antaresia uh i won't go into super detail on i mean they're you know if you got basic python husbandry down you got these these down pretty good uh antaresia aren't that hard as far as keeping uh one thing that is cool <laughs> uh yeah okay just did that one um that I just saw it. So, as cool as this one here. Wow. Look at that. that. That's what my adults look like that I produced this year, the, the striped ones. So, naturally, you know, why would I take a spotted python and just go with a spot, right? You still got to put a stripe on it. Got to put a stripe on it, Billy Hunt style. But, now, yeah, there's more. When you're, there's more of it when, you're, when you're done showing the book, you're going to show the babies, right? I mean, I can. They're, I mean, they're not. They haven't shed or anything. It doesn't matter. You I wanna, just want you want to see the babies. I, I kind of want Dan Colgan to see how large they are. All right. Stand, stand by. Stand by. <laughs> it, it, it can't be a show with Billy Hunt and not have a little bit of show and tell. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is Dan still with us? I know he usually dips out pretty early because of work. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's with us anymore. But I know he's probably gonna listen to this later, and be like, "Fucking Billy and Phil and Justin." All right. So, if we can do that, hasn't shed yet. That baby is diesel. Trying to figure out a good way to to show how big he is. I think it was good in your hand. You get a really good idea of that. I guess. Uh, here. Does that help the book? Like he's on the book? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, but this Look one out. hasn't shed or anything yet, so. Look how nice he is now. It's just give it a couple sheds and he'll be eating your finger in no time. Annery, Kenyon Sandbro was yeah. the bomb. Yeah. But this is this is the first for me with any Antaresia. Um, so I was I'm really excited to see these guys. Uh, awesome. Yeah. You said that the eggs were gigantic, right? Uh I I guess. I've never seen them. Uh my female was tiny. You saw how big my female was. Yeah. She's uh thanks, Anna Maria. Um she wasn't that big. I, I know people usually make them a lot bigger before they uh they breed them, but she was, you know, of age and put them together and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Like she wasn't unhealthy, so but yeah. That hopefully I have a little easier time than Dan getting these guys going. Uh, I've never gotten Antaresia going, so yeah, it'll be a fun learning experience. And I have tons of stuff that's really tough to get started as babies with the Psilonotus and the Rhinos and these guys. So this will be a good uh, trial yeah. run for me. You know, and, and yeah. to be honest, it's not like you're a rookie with feeding troublesome babies, um, but it is it is completely different than all the other species you just named. Uh, but I do, I really do feel like because those babies are so freaking big and because you, you only got three, I think it's, yeah. it's a lot easier of a first try run, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't like, have 10 of yeah. them that I'm like scratching my head about. So. Or better yet, you don't have 10 of them that are the size of a cocktail straw, you know? Yeah. That too. And feeding like pinky arms and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, that animal you just held, that could totally take a, a, a large pinky right off the bat. Yeah, no, he, that's what he's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. what he'll get. So. Awesome. All right. So, moving on. Actually, <laughs> I got this one in a protector. <laughs> dude, all right. So, that's funny you mentioned that. So, I have well, – all my books are on the bookshelf. They've all been read. They've all been opened out of their – packaging in fact there's only one book that i have sealed in the wrapper and that's the uh, edition chimera black book on girdle tail lizards and i had the only reason why it's wrapped up in plastic still is because i bought two of them i bought one for me and one for marcus well mm -hmm. i go to his house to give him the book sealed in the wrapper from you know europe and yeah. he did the same thing so we both we both have two of the same friggin' That's copy. Funny. So I just left it in the wrapper. But I have the Taipan book that it was from like fifteen, no, maybe oof, like probably twenty five years ago. And I found that one. I think I only paid like ten bucks for it. But I have that in its original like uh, uh, comic book sleeve. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. And just because because that book is so special to me, I kept, I kept it in the sleeve. Okay. Yeah. It just happened. You know how that goes. Things just, yeah. things just happen. All right. So I have three books left, but two of them go together. So we'll, okay. we'll bang these out fairly quick. So complete bow constrictor. Yeah, right. it is. Gotta have that. Uh, cool thing about this. Couple Daytonas ago, got it signed by uh, Russo himself. Very cool. So, funny story about that. I go up to his table. It took me 
it took me till Sunday to get the balls to go up and talk to him. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, you mind signing my coffee? It'd be awesome. He's like, yeah, sure. You know, you know, what uh, what boas do you like? And I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a boa guy. I'm just a book nerd. And he was like, oh, what? I don't know if I should sign it for you then. I was like, oh, I don't like Argentines. Man. I don't like Argentines. I like Argentines. Wow. And I was like, all right, that counts. And then he, you know, just messing with me. But that was cool. So That's obviously, awesome. yeah, it was just funny. He was just messing with me and being a good dude. But uh, and I was stupid enough to say I'm not a boa guy, you know? Right, right, yeah. But uh, yeah, so obviously there's that one. And I'm sure you see where I'm going with this. The new one. The more complete, which is you can see how much more information. Oh yeah, you know is in there. Uh, I mean, with all the mutations and all that, it's just insane. I mean, honestly, it's really a, a surprise to me. Let's see if I could find that picture real quick. Like, how am I not into boas? You know, because there's so many striped. <laughs> Like completely striped boas out there, and um, and it, what's the BCIs and the BCCs morphs? Not only are they striped, but they're stripes within color morphs. Yeah, like that to me is crazy. Look at, like, like look at this thing. It's a pie boa, dude. Yeah. I didn't know they existed. Yeah, it's a boa pie boa sigma. Whatever that means. Uh, so there's like there's so many especially this new edition the more complete boa there's tons and tons of you know information that you just wouldn't know um i mean boas are i mean they've always been super popular so there's always been a lot of information out there on it so to have a you know a book that has everything on them is you know it's, it's always a good thing uh and of course, naturally, you know, the reason I got it was for the Argentines, you know. Uh, so hopefully those get added soon. Uh, so do you like, we've never talked about this, but when you're looking yeah. at Argentinian boas, do you prefer ones that are more cryptic or ones that have a naturally reduced pattern? Uh, I'm more, I just want that classic black and white look. Yeah. That's that's all I'm looking for. Uh, okay. The more like I know there's the Max Pink stuff that has the the pink saddles and reds and all that. Yeah, those are awesome. I appreciate them, but I I just want a normal Argentine boa, <laughs> you know, yeah. a nice black and white thing there, and and I'll be just as happy. Uh, so obviously, anybody that's in the boas, I mean, this I'm kind of underselling it right now, but there's so many. You know, as far as every subspecies, it breaks it down and gives you natural habitat, um, where they're found, how to find them, prey items, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it goes into how to keep them, how to breed them. And then it has like this huge section on all the different morphs and combos and all that. And with boas, you have, you know, your mutations that are species or subspecies specific and then you have your crosses to that and all that and the, this book covers all of it you know at least up till when the book was published so um pretty much if you're interested in in boa constrictors at all uh get this one this one's still in print the first one isn't in print anymore 
Uh, it's one of those you can find online at a, a stupid high price if you want to do that. But honestly, if you know, unless you want the nostalgia of having both of them, I'd definitely get this one uh, just because of the information that it has. Uh, so there's that. So the last one I'll do. Um, so I'll give a story with this one. Uh, I did a presentation for a local herb society um, a little while ago um, before COVID and all that. Uh, I ended up meeting a guy, uh, Mark Wise, I believe his name was. He basically used to do um, importing back in the 60s and 70s and stuff. So the stories this guy had on stuff they would bring in and he would go to the Amazon and uh, he was talking about, you know, he's in a boat with, you know, locals and they're looking for emerald tree boas and, you know, just stuff that happened. Like, you know, when you're out in the, yeah. the wild, like stuff's going to happen. And stories, just the stories from the field. Yeah. And like from the sixties yeah. and stuff, you know, like it was, it was just super cool. Uh, you know, and of course he knew all the, the bigger names and the guys that have been doing it forever, you know, like bring up Crutchfield and he's like, Oh, Tommy. Yeah. I remember that fool. And you know, stuff like that. So it was real cool. So I became friends with him because after my presentation, he was like, Holy crap, you actually know what you're talking about. Like you're not just some Yahoo that, yeah. you know, just got two snakes and put them together. Cause you know, like I was kind of, it was with the carpets and, you know, he just, he could tell. So, um, he gets my information and he ends up uh, reaching out to me. He goes, Hey, I have all these books. I don't need them. If you're interested in them, let me know. So I was like, all right, wow. yeah, cool. So I go over to his house. I see what he has. Um, I think I have some books there that if uh, like some turtle books and crocodilian books and, uh, I have a lot of Australian monitor books that uh, I think a lot of people would be really into. Um, so basically he just, that's where I got the uh, um, reproductive husbandry of pythons and boas, you know, the blue Bible. Yeah. And I saw that one. I was like, yep, that one's coming. Don't care how much you want for it. Nice. So he, he gave me a really good deal. And I walked away with like two boxes of all these amazing, amazing books. Uh, super nice guy. So Mark, thank you so much. Um, one that it's a classic. I've gone through it. Uh, some of the stuff is dated. Some of it's not. Some of it stayed the same. Um, it's a real small book, short book, but the care of Australian reptiles in captivity uh, wow. by, John, by John Weigel. Uh, it, it's I mean, it, it breaks down uh, basically every reptile in uh, Australia that we keep. Uh, like, I just flipped. Random page. Look at that jungle. Wow. Look at that. How about it? Dude. You know? Good nat stuff. Natural stripes. Yeah. You know, it's not the fake stuff we got here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it goes into how to probe and... You know, stuff like that, like the basic stuff that a, a book back then would go into. Um, it's only like 140 pages. Um, there you go. Something you would like. King Brown stuff. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. So, like, it goes into Venomous 2, all that. Lizards, uh, monitors. Uh, like this here, it goes into... Um, 
has a that's supposed to, supposed to be an outdoor enclosure, and they're shown an arboreal hide with that's heated by itself, so the animal can go and you know oh, basically wow. be be in the arboreal stuff that uh um. Sorry, the, the uh, Anna Maria got me distracted. Uh, <laughs> it's just cool seeing how, how they used to do it. You know what I mean? And I, there's stuff that might be outdated, but if you put a modern twist to it, you could still implement it, you know? So uh, that's what I like about these older books. And, there, you know, there's tons of stuff that they could say that with here. If they go into, uh, <laughs> well, let's see what's here. Okay, this is kind of funny. Probably shouldn't show it, but I will. It gives a whole diagram on snake bite treatment. Oh my god! <laughs> if you get it, you know, like what's you it see say? That, like fang marks and all that. Like, oh my gosh, that's great. I love let's it. See, here, let's see what. Let me read it real quick. Sorry. Uh, Okay, it's not, not not too bad. It's stuff for arms. It's saying hold it at the heart and all that. It's still we still do that, so it's not bad information. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a good uh, it's a good reference, especially if you're in Australian stuff and keeping them. It's uh, it's one of those old classic books that if you want to have a collection, you know, like we're like I was saying when you guys were here. Yeah, we're reptile keepers, but we're also collectors at the same, you know, the same yeah. token. Yeah. So, you know, like we collect all the animals and a lot of us do the book stuff too. Like we just can't help it. We just have to have collections of something. Yeah. Uh, so finding these old books that show how we used to do it, you know, years ago, decades ago is, you know, some of us just eat that shit up pretty much. So of course, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So, uh, that is, all I have, uh, unless you want to talk about the one book I have, Phil, that I undersold the last time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we can show whatever you want to show, buddy. Uh, it's up to you, or if you want to wait for yours, it's, that's cool, too. So well, no, sh show, show it off, and then uh, and I'll say with my spiel. Okay. Well, I'll be back. I got to go. Yeah, go grab it. Uh, I really do love when we do these book these book episodes because uh, it, we all geek out over it, you know, and like we all have all these books and we use them for one reason or another, where it's because you just like to read them or you want to use them as a reference for your husbandry and your medical stuff and just or you're just enamored with snakes and reptiles, whatever. But we all share that in common. It doesn't matter if you're a frog guy or a turtle guy or a snake girl. It, it doesn't matter. We all love her books. And I feel like now, even with like, especially with the internet, we have the hunt for the books that we like. But then at the same time, there's always new books coming out and renovations of books and additions and uh, addendums and such. And we just share it all. It's awesome. I love doing these episodes. So Yeah, this is good stuff. For sure. What do you got there, Billy? All right. So I did show this one last time. Uh, I believe I undersold it. I showed it to Philip when he was over 
um, the other day. Yeah. And I was just kind of going through what, you know, what the book actually went over and all that. And, and Phil immediately found a way he could apply it to what he does as far as handling venomous and, uh, you know, just to really know what's going on. So once again, yeah. how snakes work. Um, and and, and the, the name is so misleading. I mean, it's yeah. not misleading. It's not misleading. It, it, that book definitively tells you how snakes work. But it's yeah, so, so much more. Let me find the, uh, I want to find the one diagram that. Uh, that we were talking about, the locomotion. That you were looking at. Yeah. So, yeah. so just uh, while Billy's looking for that. Uh, so obviously Anna Maria was with me when we were there. And uh, all right. Yeah. So look at that. So it shows you, it breaks down the snake's body into sections and shows you a, a prediction of where the animal is going to be in relation to the locomotion of the species. So I think that one's Sidewinders, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So it. it's showing you the yeah. undulation of the body in relation to distance, right? And and we can yeah. look at that and go, wow, that's really cool. Look at it. It, it strafes. It doesn't slither forward or backwards or turn corners. No, it legitimately strafes to the side, right? It banks to the side like a fighter jet but it shows you how it does that. So we can take that and appreciate it for what it is, or if let's say we're doing it in captivity, we can use that to get a prediction of where the animal's gonna go in how much space and how much time it needs to close that distance. So if you have an animal that's uncooperative, or let's say you put it on the floor, you put it on a table and it starts to move, you can get an idea of, of how it's going to move in relation to the, its surroundings and where it's going to go in relation to its locomotion. So. I find that incredibly fascinating. Yeah, well, like you said, it's it's not necessarily something that you didn't know per se. Yeah. But uh, there you go. Here's another one. That's good on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Showing all the different you know points of contact that they would have when they're moving and which ways the body would move and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And then my. One that I really like, I'll show one more, um, is the, actually a couple, sorry. If you guys have stayed in this long, you're going to see a few. But uh, the tree boa and the, the oh, striking yeah, yeah, yeah. and the force and all that, all the, the mechanics of it, you know? Yeah, the literal mechanics of a strike. Is like how often have we all seen strikes and you're just saying, okay, yeah, I striked it, whatever. We don't really break it down and think, oh crap, it's doing all of this and all of that. And, uh, let's see. Yeah, you think about like the muscles that we use to do daily stuff. And like they, they, everyone always talks about like, oh, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Well, true, and you can apply that to. To all this stuff, eating was it seaweed or algae? Yeah, I think it was like kelp or something, and that's a cottonmouth. Yeah, awesome. So that I've reminded me of uh, of Wyman posting the video of his uh, curie snake um, eating the ball python shed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And he, like put, he it, put it in there for enrichment. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, you're eating it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. 
hey, there's always nutrients to be found. Yeah, so that's just one of those. Um, let's see, there's one more thing. There's one more thing, and then we'll yeah we'll stop nerding out. The uh, tentacled snake diagram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Show that. That was awesome. Yeah. So there, there you go. There. So yeah. we actually have these at um, at Bush Gardens. And when you look in their enclosures, you know, they're always hanging in the the sticks in the water and all that. And they always are sitting at that J position. And, uh, you know, after reading this and seeing how they actually hunt and stuff, it's actually a lot cooler to see them and be like, oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. You actually recognize behaviors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so once again, I know I showed it the last time, but. I think anybody that's in the snakes at all and really want to know how they do what they do, um, you know, and really know the mechanics of everything, uh, how snakes work. It's a good one. Yeah. And uh, it's an easy the, read too. It, it looks like a, it looks like a textbook. Like when you look at it, like if you just open it up and you know, look at that, but it's, it's actually an easy read. It's not filled with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, scientific and academic words and all that it's very common you know common language type of stuff so um yeah it's a good one sorry phil i interrupted you no no i was just gonna i was touch back on what you're saying is that is that you unknowingly undersold it and and it, it, to me you know i was like oh that's a cool book whatever and then you showed it to me and you're like look at this and i was like what and i flipped the pages and uh, just page after page of info that it mm -hmm it gets you to think outside the box and I love yeah. it. I love thinking outside the box and like looking at something that I've looked at a thousand times and going, Holy shit. Look at that. I didn't even realize it, you know? And the best part about me getting Billy showing me that book again was uh, the whole time we were talking about books in the snake room Anna Maria is on her phone and I, people are on their phone. I don't know if she's texting somebody or talking to her mom or whatever. And then later on, we were walking, I guess we were getting in the car or something. And she's like, okay, done. And I was like, what's done? She goes, I got you that book. And I was like, oh, she found it online and got it for me. And that's amazing. So yeah, thanks, right. babe. Thank it's you. It's a good one. It is a good one. So, well, like, I, I guess I did know, but I didn't know at the same time. Like, so much information in that book would apply to what you do and like when you teach classes and stuff like that yeah. um to where it it helps you more predict what what the animal's going to do which in your situation is anything you can use to help you predict more what that animal's going to do is going to be safer overall for you and the animal so right uh, and i mean definitely a even, resource i'm eager to look at more of that locomotion stuff because you know, I have different hook heads and different hook lengths and different hook materials for different species that I work with. And like when I went over Billy's, I, we were getting stuff out of my trunk for his house. And, uh, you know, he starts pulling out all the snake hooks I have in the trunk because I got like seven snake hooks in the trunk. Yeah. And he's playing with each one. And I was just thinking like, there's a there's a reason for each one of these. Like, yeah, I could scoop up a snake with a hook. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. I could do it with a freaking clothes hanger. You know what I mean? But <laughs> there's a point to them all being designed the way they're designed. And 
maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm weird. And I, I love, I love that locomotion stuff and like using a particular tool for a particular task with a particular species. And I can't wait to read that book, like really read that book because it's going to, I know I'm going to get eyeball openings at some point. Oh, for sure. Well, think of how much you learn just by skimming through this one, you know? Yeah, I mean, we looked at those exact same, what, four or five pictures, and I, I learned something from every single one of those pictures. Yeah. And that was just the pictures, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. His Sorry. YouTube videos? Oh, I think he's talking about the snake hook. I uh, don't know. I don't know if there will be a Phil Wolf series snake hook. Um, I think I have to get more more famous for that. Maybe uh, uh, maybe in the I future. Saw the prototype. You did. You handled the prototype. You did. I did. Hands on. The first first one. So I can't wait to bring it to West Texas, man. Get some real field work with it. You know. Well, well, children, we're at. 225. I think this was a very productive show. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of stuff out there. A lot we of did. books out there. Yeah. So the, all the book nerds will be happy to uh, to read up on this from our our recommendations, I should say. Yeah. Well, now I know if we do another one, I'll I'll only pick a couple books. I felt over prepared. <laughs> nah, it's all right. I was underprepared. I only picked. 2.5 <laughs> so um so justin is pointing at the puget sound pythons logo on the screen just a reminder that this show is brought to you by the fine folks gendra at yeah. puget sound pythons no it's, it's backwards bill you gotta oh yeah the the runner yeah yeah brought to you by puget sound pythons psp baby in the house so, Can't wait thanks. to see them in Daytona, man. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to have yeah. so much fun. It's going to get rowdy. So, so rowdy. Casey's going to lose both flip-flops. <laughs> both flip-flops. Puget Sound Pythons, yeah. check them out. Instagram, YouTube, interwebs somewhere. This page. And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add on, Justin? It's bedtime. It's bedtime. Billy, thank you so much for joining us again. We love Anytime, you. Anytime, guys. You know that. Yep. And uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, watching, listening, and partaking live in the chat. And uh, we will be providing your ears with tantalizing sounds this Thursday for the Herbiculture Podcast. What is it? One, two, what is 124. it? 124. And uh, are we saying who the guest is? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Who was the author of the complete subox. So I'm not the wrestler. Yeah, not the wrestler. Or the guitarist. Um, yes. Obviously, because he's not alive. What? Um, Bill, right there. That means I, I did good. I made oh, nice. spend money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. Good job, Bill. My work is done. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So yeah, we will have a THP Bears Thursday night. Power hour. Bears and Subbox Power Hour. Trans Pecos. Mostly Bears, he says. Okay. I got well, a lot of questions, you man. Yeah, you writing them all down? Uh, I'm going to. But I have questions that I need answers. 
I need you to be just awake enough. Or let me rephrase that. I need you to be just full of bangs enough to have a good show, but not so much that you're bouncing off the walls. As long as he doesn't have scotch, he'll be fine. Okay. I don't even yeah. drink anymore like at all. He had scotch on one of my episodes and it was just it was awkward. <laughs> it was so awkward. I like it. Oh man. I gotta listen to that one again. It was a long time. Just ago. laugh. Just laugh. I'll never forget, buddy. I will <laughs> never forget. <laughs> no one will because it's on the internet forever. Pepperidge Farms never forgets. Jake just kept saying, dude, please stop. And he was like, I got scotch in my belly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> yeah, we got to find that. Open. I need it to be a ringtone. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, stop. again, thank you guys and gals for watching, listening, partaking. Check out Puget Sound Pythons. We will catch you guys uh, on the flip side. Thanks again, Billy. Yeah. Later. Bye.